Welcome, everybody, to episode number 32 of Broad Sports. As always, I'm your host, Kevin Cohen, and joining me back again is my good friend, Patrick Griswold. How are you doing today, Grizz? Good, Kev. How are we doing? to be on. I'm doing great, my friend, but I'm also very excited. We have finally made it. It is the it's the week of the Super Bowl, man. It's always one of the best times in sports. Yeah, I can't agree more. You know, growing up, I always looked forward to this week, the build up, the uh, post, you know, the Super Bowl week press conferences, the build up, and then Super Bowl Sunday is just, it's like Christmas for football fans. It's, uh, it's the best. Yeah, I definitely agree, especially with that Christmas reference. I definitely agree with that. So, if you haven't seen or if any of you haven't listened to my NBA Finals recap and also my recap, it's going to be a similar episode where we will take a recap at how each team's got here, recap of their season, and then at the end of the episode, we will officially make our picks. So, Grizz, are you ready to go? Yes, sir. Alrighty, let's get into it. So this weekend, Super Bowl 55 is at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay, Florida, home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It will feature the number one defending Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs, out of the AFC, and the hometown number five Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC. This is the second straight Super Bowl to be in the state of Florida, as it was at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami last year. And now it is back in Florida for this year. I believe they go to SoFi next year out in California. But this is a very exciting matchup. I also agree with what Nate Burleson has coined the ball, which I'm surprised he hasn't trademarked it yet. It is the GOAT versus the kid. Now, the GOAT represents Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the kid, which is also what you call a baby GOAT is Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that's a great, great use of words. That's actually just a great way to phrase the Super Bowl because it is the GOAT versus the kid. Wouldn't you agree, Grizz? 100%. You know, it's just, this this Super Bowl matchup is really something to look forward to, and it's really something that us as football fans should appreciate because this really is the future versus the present. This is the – you know, young versus the old. It's Tom Brady, the GOAT. Um, there's Patrick Mahomes, who if he plays at the level he's been playing for for, you know, 15-plus years, he I think he will surpass Tom Brady um, rings-wise, stats-wise, possibly. I really do think it's GOAT versus baby GOAT, GOAT versus kid. It's really exciting. Yeah, I agree. I definitely – yeah, I, I'm, I, there's no other way to phrase it. I agree – with what you are saying. So let's take a look at each team and see how they got here. Let us start with the lower seed, the number five Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, before COVID hit, there was a lot of controversy surrounding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, mainly of what they were going to do with Jameis Winston. And they, they honestly made the right call. They were, I, I don't know if he was, I don't believe he was traded to New Orleans Saints. I believe they cut him. And then they had to find a replacement, especially knowing that Tom Brady was leaving New England. They were one of the teams that was in the hunt, but they were not one of the favorited teams in the beginning until it came down to them and the Los Angeles Chargers. And luckily for them, 
They won the sweepstakes for Tom Brady. They signed him to a two-year deal, which will be very special for Tom Brady next year because Tampa Bay plays at New England next year, so he will make his return to Gillette Stadium next season. But I'm super excited that the Buccaneers are in the Super Bowl, the first team in NFL history, first home team in NFL history to play in the Super Bowl the same year that they're hosting it. But at the same time, like I've told a lot of our friends, Chris, I would have been more impressed if, say, Jameis Winston did that because I would have been like, wow, what a turnaround for Jameis Winston's career, especially going off of that 30-30 season, not more of, oh, Tom Brady was the essential missing link to get themselves to the Super Bowl. And you might be saying, oh, well, they brought in Gronkowski. Well, they brought in – they got Gronkowski out of tire, out of retirement because he wanted to play with Tom Brady. Antonio Brown wanted to play with Tom Brady. Leonard Fournette, that was a big signing from the Jacksonville Jaguars, but that most likely was probably also due to the fact that he wanted to play with Tom Brady. So he was more of the essential link that they, quote, unquote, needed to head to the Super Bowl where I'm not that impressed that Tom Brady took them to the Super Bowl. I would have been more impressed with Jameis Winston. Well, I mean, first of all, I mean, with Jameis Winston, uh, I don't think his career is over. I think he might get a shot next year in New Orleans unless they uh, do make a move for a quarterback somehow in the offseason, maybe in the draft. Um, So I don't think it's over for Jameis Winston. I think he does have time to change his career around. And he didn't even have a horrible career, I'd say, on the Buccaneers. He did have that last that last season with 30 interceptions. 30 touchdowns is a good mark, but 30 interceptions is it's not good. But, you know, he didn't play horrible. He won a couple games there. But I, I – yes, as, as much as – yeah, I, I think you can easily say it would be more impressive if Jameis Winston led a team to the Super Bowl other than Tom Brady. But I, I really don't think they – even with the pieces they added, I really don't think that they would have been able to touch a Super Bowl with Jameis Winston as a quarterback as of now. So, But, you know, I, I agree with you. I agree with saying that it would be more impressive. But, you know, you can't knock the fact that they did make the Super Bowl, even if it is Tom Brady. So, Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I wasn't trying to discredit them. I just think more of just, oh, Brady's going to his 10th Super Bowl oh, he doesn't need Bill Belichick to go to the Super Bowl, that kind of thing, where it would have been, like, cool if Jameis was like, you know what, even though I threw for 5,100 passing yards last year and I led the NFL in passing yards and I went for this 30-for-30 30 30 season, I'm definitely going to dedicate myself to this team and get this team to the Super Bowl. I would have been more impressed with that than just getting Tom Brady and immediately going to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. But – yeah, that was the main thing in Tampa Bay was the Tom Brady sweepstakes and then all the other guys that came in after Tom Brady, including getting Rob Gronkowski to come out of retirement in April where he was traded from the Bucks to or traded from the Patriots to the Buccaneers. They got Antonio Brown after his suspension. So his first game with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was about week nine. And then also they had signed Leonard Fournette to, from the Jacksonville Jaguars after he was waived because there was a lot of controversy with the Jacksonville Jaguars as all of their star players had left. That included Yannick Ngakwe and Calais Campbell. So Leonard Fournette was kind of boasting himself, saying that he was the Tim Duncan of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think Jacksonville was just tired of his antics. So 
they decided to release him, and he was picked up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And may I say, this is probably one of the best years of his career besides his rookie year. Yeah, I agree. You know, he's played well for them alongside uh, Ronald Jones. And Ronald Jones, I know he's been fighting some injury throughout the playoffs, but Leonard Fournette has really been the guy throughout the playoffs. And you know, oh, I agree, hundred percent. It, it just it just goes to show. I I think in future years it could be running back by committee, but I think Ronald Jones might be want to be their guy for the future just because he did show flashes of being a Pro Bowl caliber running back, um, and he is very young. I mean, Leonard Fournette's young, too, but I think if I'm the Buccaneers, I, I want to see Ronald Jones be my running back of the future. But um, Leonard Fournette is playing very well for them, and, you know, he's given some – I think he scored a touchdown like the last seven games or something like that. So, Wow, yeah. what an accomplishment for him. Yes. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with what you said about Ronald Jones. I also think he's been a little overlooked by the Buccaneers because he's been under guys – like Peyton Barber, who's now in Washington, and a couple other running backs, where he was kind of just like the lower string guy, but then he kind of showed. Like I've been, I've watched both Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones since their All American, their Under Armour All American games, and of course Leonard Fournette got more attention because he went to LSU in the SEC compared to Ronald Jones who went to USC, where they were mostly playing at like eleven o'clock at night. So everyone's like, "Oh, I'm not gonna stay up for that." So let me just watch Leonard Fournette at like 3.30 in the afternoon compared to uh, Ronald Jones where his game would end at 1 a.m. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely agree. You know, Leonard Fournette – I mean, Leonard Fournette was looked at as as he was going to be a stud in the NFL. And, and by no means has, has he been bad. He's been good, uh, you know, throughout his uh, young career so far. But I wouldn't say he's the stud that everyone thought he was going to be coming out. I mean, LSU, when he was at LSU, he was prolific. He was he was damn near untackleable. Um, I mean, he was the number one overall recruit for a reason. Yeah, and and no shot, and no no discrediting what Leonard Fournette has done in his career. And you know, he's he's definitely given the Buccaneers some very uh, very good effort runs. If you look at that run that he had versus the Packers last week. Where you know he broke a tackle, went to the second level, spun out of a tackle by Jair Alexander, all pro corner, and then mm-hmm. took it to the house. You know he he runs hard, and that's you know that's what the Buccaneers need, with them being, I'd say, a primary pass offense. Yeah, I definitely agree. But also, what you were saying with Leonard Fournette not being the stud that he was going to be, I agree with what you said, knowing that he was drafted fourth overall. But also at the same time, his is more of kind of like a Greg Oden situation compared to like Jamarcus Russell or Ryan Leaf, who actually underperformed. But like Greg Oden in the NBA, he was just injured a majority of the time. Like how Fournette played like half of the first game in 2018 against the Giants and then sat out a majority of the season with a really, really bad hamstring injury. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I, I, injuries have slowed him down a, down a bit. But he does, you know, depending on if he defines himself as the Bucks' number one guy, um, he's he has time in his career to become an All Pro type back. So, you know, I'll, I'll be I'll be excited to see. I've always liked watching him. I liked watching him at LSU. So, yeah, I definitely agree. And when you look at this the schedule, I mean, the Buccaneers they were coming off a seven and nine season where. They hadn't been to the playoffs in 12 years. They hadn't won a division title in 12 years. So everyone kind of thought, oh, if they keep Jameis, then 
it'll be the consistent maybe seven and nine season where they potentially push for that last wild card spot and not get in. But then once they signed Tom Brady, a lot of analysts jumped on them to win the NFC South and to go to the Super Bowl. So let's dive into their schedule. I mean, Tom Brady's first game as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer was in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome against the New Orleans Saints, where he lost a shootout with the New Orleans Saints, 34-23, to in one of his worst games just this season. But bounced back in his home opener as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer with a 31-17 victory over the Carolina Panthers, followed up with a 28-10 victory of the Denver Broncos in Denver, which was the debut of their Color Rush pewter jerseys. Then a come-from-behind victory in week four against the Los Angeles Chargers, 38-31, where they were down by, I believe, 24 points. The Chargers, oh, man, that team was just hit by the choke monster so bad this season. But I digress. I will say I think the Chargers have a very promising future, but go ahead. Yeah, I agree. I mean, a lot of analysts even said during their choke, like during their choke sessions where they blew a lot of leads, especially against the Bucks and the Saints, and I believe also the Raiders. That team at that time, I think, was like like one and eight, one or like three and six when they could have been like eight and one. Yeah, literally. No, they they just they just have some young guys that need to get used to winning all that. But uh, yeah. I definitely agree. The Bucks started off week five with a very close loss to the Chicago Bears, 20-19. to So that was a rematch of Super Bowl 52, Brady versus Foles. Foles got the best of him again, and then cowardly did not shake his hand once again. Most of you guys know I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, and I hate Tom Brady for that, and that was cowardly that he did it again. Yeah, agreed. I, you know. You got to respect Tom Brady, but you don't have to love him. And I won't say that I'm a huge fan of him. He kind of is a crybaby in my opinion, but. Oh, I completely agree. Then they came back to Tampa and absolutely clobbered the Green Bay Packers, scoring 38 straight points to beat the Packers 38-10 to in primetime, following it up week seven with a – Huge victory over the Las Vegas Raiders in Allegiant Stadium, 45-20. to 20. And then I'm going to take – I don't know if you watch this guy on YouTube, but I'm going to take a page out of my man Jermaine Funny Mains John, Johnson's book. Week 8 against the New York Giants was a struggle win, <laughs> only winning 25-23 to 23 after a failed two-point conversion with about, I believe, 10 seconds left. I forgot about that game. That was a good game. Yeah. And then they followed it up with their huge game. And that was the debut of their new red jerseys. Also, week nine was the rematch between Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. Primetime in Tampa Bay. Sunday Night Football hadn't been there in forever. And they get absolutely embarrassed. 38-3. to That was a great night. I'm not going to lie. That was a... That was a- for those of you who, for those of you who have forgotten, Grizz is the same. That was a great night. I, I couldn't stop laughing. Oh, I 100 percent agree. I was laughing my ass off. I, I wish I could still like boast about it, but 
but since the Saints lost to them in the playoffs, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go too hard on it. I'm just gonna take that as that was like the best night of the the best Sunday night football game I've watched in a long time. Yeah, I agree. That also with that loss to the Saints, that was the first time in his in Tom Brady's career that he was swept by a division opponent. Can't believe it took Drew Brees to do yeah. that. They bounced back with a big Week 10 victory in Charlotte, 46-23 to against the Carolina Panthers. Then they had Monday Night Football at home against the Los Angeles Rams, losing 27-24 to with their former kicker, Matt Gay, absolutely on fire for the L.A. Rams. And then proceeded to lose at home to the team that they are playing in the Super Bowl, 27-24, where their kid, where their comeback fell short, but that was an ugly game. Tyree Kill had 262 yards and three touchdowns. In on ESPN Fantasy, he had over 56 points. Yeah, that was absolutely ridiculous. I think that they take that film and they study, they study it till you they can't study it no more. And come Super Bowl time, they're gonna have a plan for Tyree Kill, but. Yeah, that was insane. I definitely agree. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they had the last week for a bye week, which was week 13 of the NFL season, and they finished the season winning their last four games to head to the playoffs, beating the Minnesota Vikings 26-14, to week 14 at home, coming back on the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta 31-27. to Absolutely crushing the Detroit Lions the day after Christmas, Saturday, December 26, 2020, 47-7 to clinch their first playoff berth since 2007, and then beating the Atlanta Falcons in a more of a seeding game, 44-27. So they entered in as the five seed in this year's NFC playoffs. This was the first time in Tom Brady's career that he entered in as a wild card team and not a division winner. Yeah, that's crazy set. I definitely agree. So they entered in as the four as the five seeds. So they were matched up with the number four Washington football team, where Taylor Heineke was the star of the game. His comeback came oh so close, but the Buccaneers prevailed. 31 to 23. That was their first playoff win since Super Bowl 37 against the Oakland Raiders. The next, the following Sunday, they finally got their revenge against your New Orleans Saints. As the saying goes, the third time is the charm, and they beat the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans 32 20 to advance to the NFC Championship game to take on the Green Bay Packers, where the stupidity of Matt LaFleur with two minutes and five seconds left went on to haunt the Packers and the Bucks held on to win 31 to 26 to go to their first Super Bowl since Super Bowl 37 in San Diego against the Oakland Raiders. And they became the first team in NFL history to play in a Super Bowl the same year that they are hosting. Yeah, and, that's an incredible story. Um, I just, just I think the stars are aligned for uh, 
for the Buccaneers. I mean, the first team to play a home Super Bowl is something to say itself. But if you look back into the season, it wasn't all gold, I'd say. I mean, they, they had their struggles. They didn't – you know, the the way their roster is built, you would think they'd, you know, be a team like the Chiefs, like losing one, two games maybe. But, I mean, you know, they, they, they were a resilient team. You know, their stars shown late in the year. Uh, and they were on fire at the end of the year, uh, which was the perfect time. And, you know, I think they really do deserve to be in the Super Bowl. Um, that offense is very scary for teams. Very scary for the Chiefs, if I do say. And, uh, you know, you got you to gotta respect Tom Brady because, you know, he's, he, had, he had struggling games. He threw, during the regular season, regular season itself, I think he threw five or six picks just to the Saints alone. But, um you know, he, he, he caught fire late. They all caught fire at the perfect time. And, you know, congrats to the Buccaneers. They deserve to be in the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, my friend. I mean, they just showed that any anything can happen in the postseason. They're looking to be the first wild card team to win the Super Bowl since Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in Super Bowl 45. That would be also be the seventh team in at seventh wild card team in NFL history to do so and that would be Tom Brady's seventh Super Bowl which would give him the most as a quarterback more than any NFL franchise and also the second most by an individual as Bill Belichick has the most Super Bowls titles with eight. The only other person close to Tom Brady with Super Bowl titles is Charles Haley, who won three with the Cowboys and two with the 49ers. So that makes wow. it five. That's crazy. That is very crazy, my friend. So that is our season recap for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let us dive into the number one Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Kansas City Chiefs. They entered in as the defending Super Bowl champions, 12-4 and last year. They won their first Super Bowl in 50 years last year because their first Super Bowl victory was Super Bowl IV against the Minnesota Vikings. Then they finally snapped their Super Bowl drought last year, winning Super Bowl 54 against the San Francisco 49ers. But also COVID hit them a little harder than people expected when the hero of Super Bowl 54, Damian Williams, opted out of this season due to COVID-19. Yeah, and, you know, that was, you know, that was a big hurt to them, you know. He was definitely their lead back. Um, he played incredible in the Super Bowl. Um, he really was the hero of that Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, um, filled that spot very well this year. He had some injury this year, but the uh, also the pickup of Le'Veon Bell had really helped the running ga- game, and they were able to do like a running back by committee type thing with him and Edwards Hilaire. So, you know, they filled that spot well. I mean, I agree. That was definitely a great pickup for the Kansas City Chiefs at number 32 overall, Clyde Edwards Hilaire out of LSU. But just imagine how deadly that backfield would have been 
if Damian Williams yeah, plays this Yeah, 100% season. agreed. And, you know, it's his choice to opt out if he wants. But um, luckily, lucky for the Chiefs, they didn't miss a hole too much at running back, I'd say. Yes, I would definitely agree because they actually improved on their record from this season. From last season, they finished the season 12-4 and four and were the number two seed in the AFC. They went from number two to number one at 14-2. and yeah. two. But when you look at – and it's crazy to think that just back in 2012, this team went 2-14. and 14. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely a dynasty or a uh, organization whole turnaround. Uh, you know, they switched things up. And when they brought Andy Reid in and gave him a weapon like Patrick Mahomes, you know, the league was on notice. The league was in trouble, so. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, the man was overlooked. And went tenth overall via a yeah, trade. and that's something. And you know, think about all the teams who could have Patrick Mahomes right now, and it's just like, uh, imagine how the world would be. All the teams that drafted quarterbacks. Imagine Patrick Mahomes on the Bears. Imagine him on who else was a quarterback to go to that draft? Yeah. Really, it was Trubinsky, and it was Wentz, right? No, uh, no, no, it was Trubinsky, no. and who? Who were the other? Mahomes was uh, Mahomes was the second one that taken was... off the board, because then I believe two picks later yeah, yeah, was yeah, Watson. Yeah. But still, I mean, who was yet again another guy that Cleveland could have gotten, but when they had the stupidity of their yeah. trades, was that that's Baker? What affected them. Was that a Baker draft? The Baker draft? No, but no, still, that was it, Trubisky was, was the second overall pick, right? Imagine. If the... Yeah, the the dumbest the dumbest trade I've ever seen in NFL history. So the Bears were the third overall pick, the Niners were the second overall pick, and the Bears were like, "Hey, let's just swap picks." And yeah, they were literally. like, "Okay." Just to get Trubisky when they could have got Think about it. They could they could really have when I don't even think yeah, the Niners they literally were going had Mahomes or Deshaun Watson and just if I'm a Bears fan, I'm looking back at that draft and I'm Erasing it. I'm erasing it from my memory. I'm kicking myself. That is something. Just like, I mean, I love Carson. Actually, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that because then everyone will decide to trade the team. Right, keep I'm not thoughts. Keep thoughts. But let's look into this Chiefs season. So they went 14 and 2. They were the NFL kickoff game that was Thursday, September 10th, 2020. They hosted the Houston Texans. And I would say. Minus that fourth quarter, they absolutely kicked the crap out of the Texans. Yes, it was thirty-four to twenty, but I think it was like thirty-one to three yeah, entering the fourth quarter. I remember watching that game and just being like, "Damn, Deshaun Watson is in for a ride." Because I mean, he played great in that game. I remember, but he just literally had no one on the team to yeah. help him. So I'm happy for Watson to be getting out of Houston. Hopefully. Yeah, I there's I there's been there will be plenty of moves. We'll talk about that in a later episode. But into week two, this is when the Chiefs had a little bit of an early season struggle. The only reason why they beat the Chargers that Sunday in their home opener so far, so they crashed the Chargers home opener of their new stadium. If I'm not mistaken, the Chargers kicker Michael Badgley shanked a game-winning field goal to send the game into overtime 
and the Chiefs went on to win 20. Yep, and Bagley had, had also like missed like two extra points or something in the game or like two field goals or something. So, yeah, I the Chargers easily could have pulled that one out. But as we said before, they had some serious choking problems. So, I definitely agree. And then week three was on Monday Night Football. It was the battle of Mahomes versus Jackson, Chapter 3. And the Chiefs absolutely dominated the Ravens, winning 34-20. to So Mahomes is 3-0 and against Lamar Jackson, which that most likely will be this generation's version of Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. But I digress. Then week four, they played the next Monday because of the fact of COVID-19. So they played the New England Patriots. Now, whatever that that would have been a lot more impressive if Brady was still in the Pats, but when you play Brian Hoyer, you're expected yeah. to kick the crap out of them. And that yeah. they did. Twenty six to ten. And then week five was their first was their first loss of the season against the Las Vegas Raiders in Arrowhead. That was their first that was the Raiders' first win in Arrowhead Stadium in almost a decade. That was also the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career that he had lost by more than seven wow, points. Wow, that's crazy stat right there. And they lost. What? And you know what's crazy? Wow. They lost by and eight. From the, for the Raiders, they had some very huge wins early in the season. They were a really promising ball team uh, until they really hit a slump. But, yeah, I, that's the, the Chiefs could have easily just been 15-1. and one, But, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree because I think on future episodes, I definitely want to get these out. So I will be doing, before I make a mock draft, I will say all the teams needs by division. And also, I will kind of just make a countdown season recap of who I thought were the most surprising teams, who are the most disappointing teams. But that is a future episode. Week six, they played for the third time in four weeks on a Monday. And again, that one was supposed to be a Thursday night football game that was moved back due to COVID-19, where they beat the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo 26-17. to Then they played the, the, oh, excuse me, the Denver Broncos in Denver, absolutely crushed them 43-16, to came back home week eight, Absolutely kicked the crap out of the New York Jets, 35-9. to Then they had their second struggle win of the season with, Carol- with the Carolina Panthers, 33-31. Yeah, and, you know, uh, I'll let you finish the season recap, but one thing I do want to go back for the Chiefs was they had a lot of close games, but go ahead. Okay. Week 10 was their bye week, and coming off of week 11 on the bye week, this was probably their most exciting game of the season, if I may add, where they went back and forth, back and forth in the last four minutes against the Las Vegas Raiders, but they were able to come away with their 35-31 victory over the Las Vegas Raiders. Week 12, they went down to Tampa, where Tyreek Hill scorched the Buccaneers, but they only came away with a 27-24 victory. Week 13, another struggle win for the Kansas City Chiefs. For some reason, they struggle when they wear all red. And they only beat the Broncos by six on Sunday Night Football. Then they had yet again another shootout in the state of Florida 
against the Miami Dolphins, winning 33-27. to Then another shootout in New Orleans against the New Orleans Saints, winning 32-29. to The Atlanta Falcons, a game that they should have never had a shootout with. They won 17-14 to off a young Hoku missed field goal with about 10 seconds left, or about two seconds left, to clinch the first round bye. And then week 17, they got absolutely crushed by the L.A. Chargers, 38-21, but that's also because they were resting all of their starters. Yep, and, uh, you know, I'll bring it back, but just go to – I mean, I, I, I kind of discredit that close Falcons game just because – I mean, I was watching the game. I was watching NFL Red Zone, and I just remember, like, the Chiefs ran, like, three trick plays. I think they were – they, the play calling wasn't usual Andy Reid play calling, and I really think they were just messing around. Um, assuming that they were going to crush the team, the Falcons played good, and even with – it wasn't the best game – it wasn't the best play calling game for Reid because, you know, three trick plays versus a team like the Falcons is kind of, like, why, but – uh they still were able to pull out the win, so. Yeah, I mean, as they say, a win's a win. So they entered into the AFC playoffs as the number one seed, just also the number one seed overall at 14-2. and two. So they played the number six Cleveland Browns at home in the divisional following their upset of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I got to say, that was probably the riskiest fourth and inches play I've ever seen in my life with a rollout pass to Tyreek Hill. Thank God he caught it because I believe they were inside their own 40. So that means that you're going to give the Baker Baker the ball back with about, I believe, like a minute to drive about 40 yards for the game-winning touchdown. But luckily, Tyreek Hill was able to convert the fourth and inches pass and they ran out the clock to beat the Cleveland Browns 22-17. to And then they beat the Buffalo Bills at home 38-24 to to head back to the Super Bowl. They were the first team in NFL history this season to host three straight AFC Championship games, which is a big accomplishment for Andy Reid, may I add, because he was also the, team, the coach of the team that had – that the only team that has hosted three straight NFC championship games, which was the Philadelphia Eagles from 2002 to 2004. Yeah. And you know, it, it was for, for the most part, smooth sailing for the Kansas city chiefs this year. I mean, they came into the year uh, as heavy super bowl repeat favorites just because, I mean, their team is absolutely stacked. Their offense is absolutely stacked. Um, arguably the best uh, are, I mean, arguably top three, wide receiver at the at their number one position, uh, the best tight end at, at their tight end, and arguably the best quarterback in the league currently, along with some, you know, explosive pieces and Andy Reid's play calling. Their offense is going to go down as one of the greatest offenses in NFL history, in my opinion. And, you know, and it was smooth sailing. Oh, they did great. have multiple close games uh, and a few to teams that they really should not have had close games with. Obviously, I'll give them the Bucks close game. I'll give them the Saints close game. Um, but, you know, and I mean, I discredit the Falcons close game. But, you know, like the Broncos, I know it was a divisional game. But, you know, I, that shouldn't have been close. And then you look at the Chargers. I know it was early season, but, you know, that shouldn't have been close. Which is, 
you know, which pushes me to think that this is going to – a lot of people are calling for a big, big win in the Super Bowl for the Chiefs, but it's leading me to think that it's, they're going to have a hard time versus an on-fire team like the Buccaneers. But, you know, I'll get to that when we start making picks. But, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, Chiefs had a, a great year, another great year, and, you know, they deserve more than any team in the league to be in the Super Bowl, in my opinion, so – Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, also, especially the Miami game. I mean, Mahomes in that game had two touchdowns to three yeah, interceptions. That's, that's so unlike Mahomes. But, you know, you know, you never know what you can get, you know. I mean, I can't disagree with that, my friend. So, let's just take a little closer of this matchup with these teams, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're going, this is their fourth Super Bowl appearance in franchise history. Currently, they have a 2-1 and record winning Super Bowl 54 against the San Francisco 49ers, beating the Minnesota Vikings in Super Bowl 4, but losing Super Bowl 1 to the Green Bay Packers, and for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this is their second Super Bowl appearance in franchise history. Only Super Bowl appearance was when they crushed NFL MVP Rich Gannon, Jerry Rice, and the Oakland Raiders. I mean, it's – I, dude, I just can't – this is such an intriguing matchup. Like, it's just hard for me to pick. Yeah, I'll I'll add that, like, in my opinion, this is the best Super Bowl matchup I think we've had in recent years, in my – to be honest – if you look at the past few, I mean, the Eagles-Patriots was obviously, you know, the, one of the most exciting matchups in Super Bowl history, in my opinion. But, I mean, this one is just – it's lit, like, as you said, it's it's goat versus baby goat. And I, I just can't be more excited for it. Oh, I definitely agree. I mean, this is, this is also a crazy stat to look at, Greg. I can't believe that, at least on the AFC side, this is only the third time in the last 20 years that it has not been Brady, Roethlisberger, wow, or from the AFC in the Super Bowl. Wow. Yeah. Do you want to guess it? So this is Mahomes' second straight year. Do you do you want to uh, guess the, the other guy? How many years uh, has, this, has this been, you said? Uh, who was 20. it? 20. Oh, Flacco, yeah. Flacco. I, I was getting to that. Wow, that's 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 a crazy stat. That's crazy. Wow. But also, I mean, on the AFC side, it's just not that uncommon for teams to go to have consistent trips to the Super Bowl. I mean, you look at the AFC side at least. I mean, the Patriots, they went to three straight Super Bowls. The, the Chiefs are at two. Broncos had two in three years. For the Patriots, yeah, they had four in five years. It It's just been a consistent window of teams in that side. But then when you compare it to the NFC side, it's been almost a new team every single year besides the Seahawks going back-to-back in 13 and 14. And then there hasn't been another team yeah. to go to two straight um, Super Bowls yeah. since. AFC, mostly due to just, like, powerhouse teams, it, it has – been very it has been very predictable in recent years 
recent history. So, uh, you know, it, I, and now it's going to be the Chiefs, in my opinion. It's going to be Mahomes in a few, like for most years. So the NFC, I think, is in general just much more unpredictable. But, uh, yeah. Oh, I completely agree with what you said with the NFC being completely unpredictable because, I mean, you look at the Green Bay Packers, they went to four NFC championship games in these last seven years and lost every single one. Yeah, definitely. Like The Packers really are the dynasty that couldn't. Um, Yeah. Now, both of these teams have a Super Bowl t- I'm just just bringing up some interesting stats. Now, both of these teams have a Super Bowl title in California for the Chiefs are going for their second title in the state of Florida since they won. Actually, no, they don't have. I'm sorry. The Chiefs, they've won in New Orleans and, and in Miami. And the Buccaneers have only won in San Diego in their only ever appearance, but they had made it close to the NFC Championship game a few times, including 1999, where they were just inches short of not sending Kurt Warner to the Super Bowl for the St. Louis Rams. But, I mean, I think it's going to be an offensive slug. It's going to be a slugfest. I mean, both these teams, their defenses are good, but not great. Especially that that Tampa Bay secondary. I mean, good Lord. Carlton Davis. Devontae Adams kicked his ass throughout that game. And, I mean, if, if I'm going to be honest, I might want to give the edge defense-wise to the Buccaneers. Um the Chiefs secondary is really hot. They did an amazing job versus, you know, that pretty – that above-average Bills uh, wide receiver core of Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, and all of them. You know, the Chiefs defense has been hot. Uh, Tyron Matthews has been playing very good football in this playoffs. But to be, all, to be all honest, I think the Buccaneers have the edge on defense. I think they have a better defensive line. I think they can attack the quarterback better. And, you know, besides Carlton Davis, who did struggle – versus Devontae Adams. You know, they got the likes of Sean Murphy, Bunting. They got the likes of Ant- Anton Winfield. And, um, you know, that's I, they have they don't have the best defense, but they do have a good defense. And I want to give the edge to the Buccaneers in that, that department. Now, I will say that there's some parts I agree with and some parts I disagree now, when you're breaking it down, I think Tampa might have a little bit of a, a better secondary compared to Kansas City and a better linebacking core. However, I completely disagree with the defensive line. The Dominican Sioux has, has honestly not played that well this season. Via Vea, in my opinion, is not that good. And when you look at Kansas City's D-line, it's completely balanced. Chris Jones, you have the guy from Villanova who I – I keep forgetting his name because I, I can't pronounce it. And then also you have Frank Clark. Like they have a, I think they have a lot better, well-balanced pass rush. Yeah, no, I, I mean, Buccaneers. I can't argue with that. Um, I think Vita Vea is less of a pass rusher, more of a, you know, he eats blocks up and lets other players make tackles. And, I mean, that Buccaneers linebacker core is elite. 
you know, Levante David, um, Devin Bush, oh, yeah. who has been playing like an absolute – he's been running around the field like his head's on fire. He's been playing like an absolute animal. Um, but, you know, de- you know, defensive line-wise, yeah, maybe you are right. Maybe, you know, Chris Jones, he's an all-pro type guy. Um, so, yeah, but, I mean, at the end of the day, I still want to give the edge to the Bucks defense in general. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I am concerned with with this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team is, like, just Scotty Miller's antics. Him saying that he's faster than Tyreek Hill. Like, he is just, in in our, in today's day and age, he is just looking yeah, to and, make it. I don't want to, I'm not going to look into that too much. Um, I think it's just him having a little fun. He doesn't really seem like the type of guy who's actually going to, like, have off-the-field issues. Um, talking too much on social media. I think it might have just been a little lighthearted type thing, but you know, he he's a good player, and that uh, that buzzer beater touchdown at the end of the half versus Packers was gigantic for them at the end of the game. Um, yeah, I, I I'm I'm not gonna look too much into that whole whole thing. Yeah, I def I definitely agree. So, Grizz, without further ado, who do you have winning Super Bowl 55, which will be on CBS this year? It was supposed to be on NBC, but due to the fact that the Winter Olympics will be next winter, CBS and NBC have flipped. So this will be the second time in three seasons that Jim Nance and Tony Romo will have a Super Bowl to call. The Kansas City Chiefs, they are favored by three points. The Buccaneers have a plus 145 money line. The Kansas City Chiefs with a minus 165 money line. And the over-under is 56 and a half. Yeah, so, I mean, the matchup that everyone is looking forward to, the, the possible matchup in the cent- of the century, um, it's going to be a hell, one hell of a game. It's going to be a, a very entertaining game to watch. It's not going to be one of those dumb little defensive battles like uh, the Rams Patriots yeah it's not gonna be all those. it's gonna be a oh, lot boy. of scoring uh, a lot of a lot of impact defensive plays talking like picks sacks uh, third down stops type like that um, it, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great game and I can't wait um, you know the Chiefs are a complete team um, offensive wise especially that offense is ju- that offense is just more complete than any offense I've seen in years. You know, I mean, they they have their big time players, but you know, they have players like Nicole Hardman, and they have players like Sammy Watkins, uh, Edward Hilaire, Le'Veon Bell, who can really get the job done for them. Uh, their offensive line is good enough to protect Mahomes and create space for running, and Mahomes is just a prolific passer. He makes passes that, you know, not any other quarterback in the whole league can make off balance, fall back legs, stuff like that. And, you know, their defense is good enough to support them as well. Uh, they're a very aggressive defense, uh, a great blitzing team. Uh, third down, especially you'll see Tyron Matthews screaming off the edge and making a play. So, you know, the chiefs obviously are, they're deserving favorites, you know, 14 and two. And um, yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with that. But then if you look at the, on the other side of the ball, 
The Buccaneers are a red-hot football team right now. Haven't lost a game in weeks. And Tom Brady is playing like the GOAT uh, through the playoffs. And that whole team is just playing, you know, they're red-hot. They beat, you know, the Saints. They beat the Packers. They beat everyone in the NFC who everyone doubted them against. I think it's going to be really hard to bet against Tom Brady, playoff Tom Brady, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl at home. It's looking like a very perfect storm for the Buccaneers. I can't tell you who's going to guard Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown. Uh, Leonard Fournette, and if Ronald, Ronald Jones should be ready to go, that duo at running backs is going to be something that offensive line is very good. Um, and that defense, like we said, you know, edge secondary-wise, the edge goes to the Buccaneers. Linebacker-wise is just the Buccaneers linebackers are possibly the best in the NFL. Yeah, I will agree with you. The Chiefs might have a better pass rush, but the Bucks do do a sufficient job, uh, especially stopping the run. I think they're like top five run defense throughout the year. And, you know, getting to the quarterback they can do. So with all that being said, when it comes down to my pick, I'm going to rock with the Buccaneers. I think it's just too much of a perfect storm. I'm done betting against Tom Brady. If you want to look back at the at the recent podcast, I've, I think I've picked against Tom Brady like every single time. And that, I think and you did, except for the NFC the Championship. Or not, but I'm tired of betting against Tom Brady, and I'm going to go with Tom Brady at home. It's a perfect storm. I'm going with the Bucks in the upset. Okay. So you're riding with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to hoist their second Lombardi yes, Trophy yes, sir. in franchise history. Okay. That That is – I mean, that's a decent pick. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I'm not going to discredit you for that. Now, I also probably should have mentioned this before you made your pick. For anyone that's superstitious, the Buccaneers, they will be wearing their white jerseys with their pewter pants. And the Kansas City Chiefs, they will be wearing their same uniform from the last Super Bowl, which is their red jerseys and their white pants. Now, the team wearing the white jersey has won a majority of the Super Bowls in the last, I believe, decade. Yeah, the last decade. They've won uh, seven out of the last nine Super Bowls. But the teams that wear their color jerseys, have won two out of the last three, those two teams being the Philadelphia Eagles in Super Bowl 52 and the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 54. Now, we've been talking a lot. Of course, everyone's been talking about this matchup. And me and you, our friends, have said, oh, how can you pick against Tom Brady at home in the Super Bowl? You're an idiot. Like, Bucks all the way. What are you doing? Bucks all the way. What are you doing? Now, Demarcus Robinson, he will be out due to the fact that he's a close contact of COVID-19, along with Daniel Kilgore for the Kansas City Chiefs, which we'll see how big of a loss that is. But, yeah, they a lot of a lot of people have been saying, what, bro, right. how can you doubt Tom Brady? You're an idiot. You're an idiot. Like, he's at home. You're an idiot. Well, call me an idiot all you want because I'm riding with Chiefs Kingdom to win their second straight Super Bowl to be the first team – since the New England Patriots repeated winning Super Bowl 38 and 39, I'm riding with the Chiefs and Coach Andy Reid to get his second ring 
and the Kansas City Chiefs to get their third Super Bowl in franchise history because I don't know who the hell is going to cover Tyreek Hill because Carlton Davis, who's their number one corner, looked like, and I don't like to curse on this podcast, he looked like absolute shit against Devontae Adams. He was awful against Devontae Adams. So when you have a guy who can just burn you on the outside, which is what Devontae Adams did a lot too, oh my God, it's game over. I think Mahomes will win the MVP once again and give me the Super Bowl champions to be the Kansas City Chiefs. They will cover that three-point spread, and that over will hit. I think that they will win the Super Bowl by a final score of 45-41. to You know, I I agree with you on on the scoring-wise. I think the over is definitely going to hit. I think it could be two 40-point scoring teams. And, you know, I mean, we'll see. We're going against each other. I guess we'll see. I don't know if we're doing some type of season recap or something. I don't know. But next time I'm on the podcast, we'll see who got it right. Or we'll talk about who got it right. And uh, it's going to be an exciting game. At the end of the day, it could go either way with this matchup. It's not like a Patriots-Rams matchup where I was like, yeah, Patriots all the way. That Rams team doesn't have enough firepower on offense. Jared Goff, all that. And – it's it's yeah it's the matchups are it's the the team match the teams match up very well and it's baby goat versus it's goat versus baby goat and I just can't wait I just can't wait for Sunday I definitely agree my friend so those are our picks he is rocking with raise the flags for Tampa Bay Buccaneers I'm rocking with the Chiefs Kingdom to bring that title back to Arrowhead. That's going to wrap it up for episode number 32 of Broad Sports. Grizz, once again, it's been a pleasure having you on for this series with the playoffs. I know you'll be on for many episodes to come. Is there anything that you've been working on or uh, anything that you'd like to say to the viewers? I got nothing. Go Bucks! I can't believe I'm saying that. Go Bucks! <laughs> I definitely agree, my friend. So that is it for episode number 32. Please follow Broad Sports on our social media pages on Instagram and Twitter at Broad Sports. And this is your host, Kevin Cohn, signing off. Have a great day, everybody. And rep.